Welcome to Farscape Friday, episode 46. Today we'll be discussing the second episode of season three, Sons and Lovers. I'm Kay here with my co-host Taz. Hey y'all. Let's get started. Welcome back. Here's a quick summary of Sons and Lovers. While resupplying on a commerce station, the crew is thrown into an emergency situation when the station is destroyed by a space storm. The love triangle between Dargo, Chiana, and Jothi comes to a head, and Aaron and John deal with their own emergency fluid levels. (laughs) Emergency fluid levels. I love that as a euphemism. We'll get to that. Uh, The main storyline for this episode is the love triangle between Dargo, Chiana, and Jothi, which explodes all over everybody. And with the villain of the week plot with the space station, that is actually a rather straightforward B plot line. It all kind of holds together because of this really great character work that we see in the love triangle that happens. So that's, I think, where we're going to start. Yeah. I know that Taz and I both have kind of confused people because apparently we are the only Farscape fans in the history of Farscape that didn't hate Jothy with a burning passion. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't mean I like him. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we don't like him. But I think that fundamentally, I understand now why Chi... I understand this from Chiana's perspective, I think Mm -hmm. is what I'm getting at. And I also... I On the other hand, I almost... In retrospect, looking at it from this episode, where we really do realize that Jothi is sleeping with someone his father is also sleeping with, that I begin to understand less. Like, I understand why he's attracted to Chiana, right? Mm -hmm. Because he and Chiana are very similar. But then this episode really gets at that squicky point that we've kind of been dancing around, which is that Jothi Jothi is sleeping with Chiana, who is sleeping with his father, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely the point that squicks me out the most about this. And I think I did mention that last episode. But yeah, I like how you put that. Like, we're finally, I feel like, coming around to seeing why Chiana is really doing this. And I think on this watch for me, too, I've seen Dargo in a different light with, like, mm-hmm. how he treats the two of them and, like, bossing them around and not listening and shutting down any kind of conversation that they want to have with him. And so Chiana especially feels like she can't have a conversation with him. And so you can kind of see how all these forces are pulling around into this storm of a love triangle that's happening here. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I think last episode, I remembered that I didn't care for sons and lovers, but I didn't really remember why. And Mm -hmm. this episode, I 100% remembered why And I was like, and it wasn't even because it was a bad episode. Like, this is no My Three Crichtons. (laughs) This is a fairly good, solid episode. It was just the, like, plot stuff that kind of got me to a place of being like, oh, this is not a happy episode. for Like, ironically, for an episode that's really solid, they're really solid episodes usually end on kind of a happier note, you know, Mm -hmm. like, or at least a more like you know, status quo note. And this episode ends on like a let's blow everything up ep- note. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say this, though. I do appreciate that they they get this love triangle taken care of right away at the beginning of the season. Mm. And spoilers, Jothi leaves the ship at the end of this episode. And so there is a resolution that 
there are consequences that we'll see as they can, as the show continues for Dargo and Shiana, but the actual triangle itself is done with this episode. Yeah. And I like that because then we don't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, kind of with that, with that lens, we could also say it's almost nice that they finished the Dargo and Shiana love arc here because Mm -hmm. we've known since the locket, which was like in the middle of last season, that they were not going to last. And so it is nice that we kind of get a resolution to their arc for right now. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. there's like another season and a movie, but it's still good to have the resolution to be like, for something that as viewers has been like a train crash waiting to happen, you know? (laughs) Yes. And yes, we did want to look away. (laughs) At least I did. Oh my gosh, yes. There was a scene, there's a scene in this episode that obviously we're going to get to, but yeah, on rewatch, I was like, ooh, nothing about this, like the past five minutes is okay. (laughs) No. Yeah. So let's actually get into the meat of the triangle and let's listen to some quotes. Um, I want to play this Rigel quote from fairly early on because the episode opens on Rigel watching Chiana porn, which is both gross because like, because the weird part is I'm like, he doesn't even like body breeders. So what is he watching (laughs) it for? Yeah, and the other thing is when you realize that he's stroking his eyebrow, which is a sexual thing for Hynerians, or his oh. earbrow. Sorry, I know. So it's like he's Ew. like stimulating himself while he's watching. <laughs> yeah. So Rigel has the security feeds or the DRD feeds or whatever, and is totally into it. Yeah, and so he knows that Chiana and Jothi are doing it like bunnies, which probably also means that Pilot knows. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, Pilot must keep so many secrets. <laughs> yeah. He's he like Mean does. Girls. What is it? His hair is made of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have hair. His shell. His shell uh, is made of secrets. So, yeah. So Rigel knows about Chiana and Jaffe. And then after the space station is kind of blown up and Moya is trapped against the space station by all these cables... It's kind of an emergency situation, and Rigel and Shiana literally run into each other in the hallway, and they have this conversation. Oh, what were you going? Watch yourself, slut. What did you say? Out of my way. Zan needs these medical supplies on the station. What's the matter with you, Rigel? I heard you. You heard nothing? Freezer chamber. Young half-breed. Any of this getting you wet? Oh. You tell Targo. I will whip out your tongue and shove it up your fatic. You idiot. I won't have to tell him. He's Luxon. He'll smell Jothy all over you. Keep your lips shut. <laughs> you do the same with your legs. I kind of want to address the use of the word slut. Because I okay. feel like Farscape, I feel like it's a word that like makes this this whole conversation really incongruous. Because Farscape has a really good euphemism for slut, which is trowk, right? Mm-hmm. Or trollop. Or yeah, trollop. a couple. And so, I, I I don't know. I guess, like, that was kind of what threw me. That and the fact that, like, Rigel is way more friends with Chiana than he is with Dargo. Like, I think mm-hmm. he tolerates Dargo, but I think he and Chiana are friends. Yeah. I feel like there was something about the scene that didn't feel like a friend calling a friend out. It felt like... It felt like maybe Rigel had his own manhood affronted by the fact that Shiana was stepping out on Dargo, which I'm like, 
okay, weird direction to go, but sure. Yeah, it's weird because the language thing, yes. And I wonder if they didn't choose the language, and this is definitely a giving the writers probably more credit than they deserve, because it is so shocking to us to hear it in English. It's not like completely taboo, but it is a very offensive word to call a woman and it's shaming and it's trying to control her sexuality. It has all those patriarchal overtones to it. And the whole conversation does, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like, keep your legs together. Are you wet? You know, all those really derogatory things as if Shiana is only valued for her sexuality and then punished for having one, you know? Yeah. And it feels incongruous because we're usually, it is euphemized mostly. Is that a mm-hmm. word? Euphemized? Yeah. And most other times. And the other thing is, yeah, it's it's very mean. And yes. Rigel is a mean person. And I wonder if they're just kind of going on the vagaries of Rigel's personality where he will turn on anybody because he can. Mm. But on the other hand, he was enjoying watching the porn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've been puzzling over this for a while. And I think that maybe I am giving the writers too much credit for trying to assume that there is some through line in Rigel's personality that would make this conversation make sense. Because I'm like, well, maybe it is that as a dominar with like so many wives, he is used to the assumption of fidelity by his partners. Mm -hmm. So like the fact that Chiana is cheating on Dargo is like offensive to him as a man but i'm still i still come to the point that he does not like dargo right i think if he had to choose between dargo and chiana he would choose chiana without even blinking you know and so it is kind of weird to me that he's not just doing it as a buddy being like hey by the way i know you're sleeping with jothy you might want to be careful dargo has a good nose fyi (laughs) you know yeah or actually i would even take it a little bit more self-centered and say my instinct with Rigel, if I were writing him in this scene would be less, you know, less rail on Chiana for being a terrible person, but more of a, Hey, I've got blackmail material on you. What do you want for me to, what will it take for me to keep quiet about it? I'll tell Dargo unless whatever, you know? Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so much more in character for him. And maybe, and the funny thing is, is that's what both Chiana and we as viewers are expecting because her first reaction is, don't you dare tell Dargo. And she knows, because she knows he's, he's got something on her. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so I think you're right about the, I mean, assuming that it was intentional and it wasn't just like a newish writer who didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't look up the writers for this, but this episode. Yeah. The, the use of that word is like really like a slap in the face as a viewer. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's this crisis happening. One of the things I found kind of interesting about the characterization of Chiana and Jothi here is Chiana, after they finish having sex, is like, this is so wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. She knows she's breaking, or going to be breaking Dargo's heart. And that's kind of why she's doing it in a way. But at the same time, I was, just, I was struck by Jothi and his how he doesn't fit with the crew in this mm-hmm. because emergency happens. They're finishing getting dressed. And Pilot says, Chiana, I need you to go do this thing over on Tier whatever. And she's like, okay, I got to go do this thing. And Jothi is the one preoccupied with, uh-oh, does he know? Is is someone going to find out about us? And then kind of can't deal with anything on his own because he's left with the... They were having sex in the freezer chamber where the the cryogenic chamber with the Antirons that they took from the Diagnosis place last episode. Mm-hmm. And the crash um, being knocked around 
knocks one of them open and then there's the centurion coming out and he's like chiano what do i do and she's like deal with it and i think that's it's i don't know it's just an interesting contrast between their two characters of Mm -hmm. chiana being actually quite competent and part of this crew and knows what she's doing and can problem solve and poor jothy who is kind of clueless about how to take care of things on his own yeah yeah he has this history as being a slave where he didn't have agency and now that he does he doesn't follow through on it in this in i don't know Maybe that's will be a little bit unfair for Jathi, but he comes across very much more younger than her and much less capable. Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, that's definitely true. Like maybe part of it is that he's been enslaved for so long. And so he's used to people telling him exactly what to do and punishing him if he doesn't do it correctly. Mm-hmm. But I think it is a good read to kind of say that everybody else, including Rigel, the most self-centered character on this TV, on this show, essentially immediately goes into action mode. You know, they all (laughs) it's like it's like there's some sort of well-oiled emergency situation machine here, you know? Yeah. Well, the crew's dealt with enough together that they they know how to maintain Moya. They know what systems are. They know where systems are. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Then the Interion like vomits on Jothi and dies. And Jothi is like sitting there like, Chiana, you have to come back. Chiana, you have to come back. And Chiana's like, dude, I'm literally trying to seal the ship so that we don't all get sucked out into space. Like, <laughs> you need to handle this. Yeah. And it is, it, it does kind of strike a, dif- a difference between them. And, and then I think this comes through later where Chiana is kind of doing this, I think, subconsciously and consciously on purpose. Yeah. And I think Agreed. that like this relationship between her and Jothi. And I think that Jothi is just doing it because. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that he's youthful. He doesn't understand the world yet. And he's just kind of doing it. He's caught up in the moment of it. And like the pleasure of now and not really. Yes, he knows there's going to be consequences, but they're not registering for him the same way they are for Chiana. Yeah. Yeah, because his is more like a, oh, no, what if dad catches us? And hers is more like, he's going to catch us. Yeah, he's going to catch <laughs> us. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing I want to bring up before we kind of get more into the whole arc, because this actually does become important. When they're all down on the on the space station, before all this happens, Dargo comes in to John, who's a little bit drunk. They're and, at a bar. Yeah, they're at a bar. And... He essentially tells John, he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I bought Chiana these matching Luxon tattoos. And he's like super excited because it's going to be like his love declaration for Chiana. She's going to put on a tattoo, which I'm like, dude, Dargo, have you seen her with any other tattoos? If this girl (laughs) wanted tattoos, she would already have one, but she does not. That should tell you something. And, And so he's really excited about these tattoos. And John is the one that's kind of like, Hey man, you know Chiana could say no. Yes. And Dargo like can't even hear it. You know? No. He's blind to it. I also love the the bartender Motrol. Motrol. Mm-hmm. I think that's his name. Yeah. His face during this whole conversation because he's right there watching it is pretty great to watch too because he's very skeptical. He's as skeptical as John is about this whole branding tattoo thing. Yeah, cuz it is that is the other thing. It's not like a tattoo tattoo. It's like a brand. Yeah. It's like sets fire to your skin to get burned into you. And the other thing, I don't know, the other thing I kind of want to talk about with that is that it's, and this kind of goes back to my viewing of Dargo this time around, which is not as sympathetic as I think when I was a teenager. 
Because mm-hmm. when I'm a teenager, I'm like, no, he's the wronged party. Poor Dargo. But I'm like, asking somebody to get a tattoo for you is one thing. But it's almost like he's imposing all of his lucks and wants onto Chiana, who has in many, many, many ways and essentially been telling him that she is different from him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, that's been Dargo's fundamental problem all along, actually. I mean, it goes back several episodes even before we got Jothi on board, where once they're in a relationship with each other, Dargo kind of stops listening to Chiana and what she wants. It's like his idea to go have a farm. It's his idea to protect her and she has to stay on the ship or whatever. And he he shuts down conversations about it too. Like she's trying to say something about rescuing Jothi before they actually rescued Jothi and he's not listening. He's like, you know, you're either with me or against me. I think that was in mm. uh, one of the early Liars, Guns, and Money episodes. And it's just like, yeah, she is, of that course she doesn't think that he's going to listen to her unless she sleeps with someone else, you know? Yeah. He's given her no avenue for communicating with him. None. Well, and like, I keep going back to the tattoo thing because it's, again, it's not a tattoo, it's a brand. Yeah. Which I'm like, again, as viewing this as like an American, I'm like, that has like whole different... You know, that has like a whole different baggage associated with it, which I think mm-hmm. that maybe I'm I'm putting more onto that than is intended. Yeah. But he's so he wants her to get a Luxon tattoo. He wants her to live a Luxon ideal life. He wants her to do all this stuff. And I'm kind of like, what is he giving her in exchange? Because like when you're in a partnership, say your partner loves to play video games. So you're like, OK, fine. You can play video games for a couple hours, but then I get to play video games for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And it should feel on both partners' side like they are both doing things for each other. You know what I mean? And not like in a not like in a commercial like quid pro quo way. You know, like you do this for me, I do this for you. But yeah, there's there's a sharing element to it that is not there with Dargo right now. Yeah, you know, he's not even asking for her opinion on things. He's just assuming and making decisions for her, which is the other part of it, too. He's decided that she will get this tattoo. He's decided that they're going to have a farm. You know, all those things. And it's the lack of actually asking or listening. And maybe the listening is, like, twice as important. Yeah. But, yeah. So let's actually go on to the next quote in this. So Chiana and Jothi are like, okay, we got to make sure Dargo doesn't smell anything on us. And so they're still on the ship. And then Dargo is coming back to Moya to help out with repairs and getting Moya free from these cables because they were she was docked to the station and she got entangled up. And in the process, he brings back this ship that's just floating free. So he stole a ship while he was at it. That becomes <laughs> important later. We're not worrying about that right now. Anyway, they're looking at this ship when they get aboard. And that's where this conversation starts. <laughs> What's that smell? I bathed. I did. Twice. Are you wearing perfumed wash? Yeah. I gave him some from Sand's chamber. Yeah, well, uh, you smell very nice. Give me a break. No, no, really, you do. You smell Shut up. just... You find your own way at the frowning ship. Jothy! I was only teasing! Jothy! Do I? Yes. Like you're happy. 
I'm not. I know I've been addressing and I want to apologize. Look, don't worry about it, okay? No, really. I am so sorry. And there's uh, something I'd like to talk to you about. Uh, look, Dargo, I'm not, I'm not ready to talk now, okay? What do you want me to do, beg? I said no, I'm sorry. No, I don't want you I... to beg. I just... I'm not ready to talk. Just because you're ready to talk, it, it doesn't mean that I am. Okay. I'm sorry, I just... Let's, let's go two more hatches for me to check, and I, I just want to do that first, okay? Fine. So, first of all, Dargo, making fun of people for stuff that they're doing, especially when tensions are already hard, <laughs> not a good idea. Yeah. It basically drives Jothy out of there. And I don't know. I, I also just, maybe it's my older self, I just, I don't like making fun of people for you know, personal choices like that. So it just bugs me. And then the other thing that bugs me about Dargo's behavior here is he apologizes. And then he thinks because he's apologizes, he gets to talk about the rest of the things he wants to talk about. Like he's done the thing and he doesn't even want to wait for Chiana to be ready to talk. Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying that Dargo is abusive here. But I am saying that it is very abusive behavior to essentially say, I get to control our conversations, mm-hmm. which is something that like, and again, I am not saying that Darko is abusive. I am saying that one of the things they teach you to look out for in relationships is somebody trying to control your behavior. And it is very controlling to essentially be like, I apologized. Now you have to forgive me. I get to control when mm-hmm. we have this conversation. I want to have it now kind of thing and that's like how I read this and when I was like when I was watching it I'm like this is very uncomfortable because you apologized but then in exchange for your apology you expect her to immediately forgive you and be apparently ready to get married right right also do you remember what she's mad at him for at this point I've kind of forgotten she's mad at him because essentially since before they rescued Jothy, he's been shutting her down. Okay, at so every single that. incident, okay. and also that he's been treating her like crap. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with all that. I just didn't know if if that was the specifics. I didn't know oh, if yeah. there was a new incident or something that. Oh yeah, like if it was something specific. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think it was something okay. specific. I think he's just giving her like a general. I'm yeah. sorry, I've been acting like a jerk, and then Basically. she's kind of like. I'm done with that. I'm done with it. Yeah, like, I think she's essentially saying, like, okay, that's nice that you apologized to me, but I don't think it, it makes his case very much that immediately after apologizing, he gets angry at her again. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That is how I read that, too. And it's just, like, he, it feels like he's kind of going through the checkbox motions mm-hmm. because, like, he tells her he's pretty. she's pretty. And then he says, I'm sorry. And then he's like, okay, I complimented you and I apologize. That's what you wanted, right? And mm-hmm. then going from there. Yeah. I really like that she tells him, though, that I'm not ready. And I I just, I like that she brings that up because that's such an important thing. It's like, it feels like, like almost the first time she's been able to say that, mm-hmm. you know, because he's, there's not been a room for them. He's been shutting her down and she's been taking that as, oh, he doesn't want to listen to me. Mm-hmm. Of course, going and cheating with Jothy is part of all this, but yeah. What's interesting is the two framings. Like I said, 
There's the one framing, which is from Dargo's point of view, which you pointed out. Like he essentially immediately comes in and he makes fun of his son, who he has this very strained relationship with. Yeah. Even if Jothi was not cheating with Chiana, it would still be difficult and it would not be building a relationship between them. It's breaking it down even more. Yes. Yes, exactly. Because, I mean, in their first interactions, like, Jothi's like, oh, great, I'm glad you're alive, but I also am kind of mad at you. Like, there's this weird tension between them. They're not friends yet. Mm-hmm. And, like, that that sort of ribbing of, like, oh, my gosh, are you wearing scented perfume? That's, like, <laughs> something he and John would say, and then John would give him shit back. But I'm like, he and Jothi are not at the giving each other crap stage in their relationship. No, they definitely are not. And so... Anyway, yeah, this conversation, I think, really gets at the heart of what's going on from everybody's perspective, because Mm -hmm. I think that Chiana is kind of like, that's nice that you apologized, but I've already decided to explode our relationship. I've already decided to blow our relationship up because your behavior has made it clear to me that even even in this apology, you don't want to listen to me. Yeah. And that's kind of what it is. It's the only way she can see to make him listen. Mm-hmm. And speaking of exploding, shall we get to the explosion scene? Mm-hmm. It's not a literal explosion. It's just everything goes to hell between the three of them. Yeah, let's let's do it. <laughs> What's that smell? I told you, it's just the scented you know, wash. The, the perfume wash. No, 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 no. There's something else. No, I don't smell anything. Why are you both in here? I told you, we were just checking on the dead guy. I don't believe you. Did you talk to Rigel? About what? You have betrayed me. Dargo. My own Manon. I'm not your Manon. Obviously. I didn't mean that. I well, what did you Dargo, mean? let's not... Let's not what? Get angry. Or... Kill you. And then Dargo basically takes the, the branding tattoos and tells Jothi that he doesn't know anything about loyalty or honor and then brands his stomach. It's really not pleasant to watch. (laughs) Yeah, it's really unpleasant. And this is actually the scene that I think I remember. (laughs) This is the scene I remember most from this entire season. Oh, yeah. This one scene for some reason, because it's so it's so petty. It's so stupid. It's such a bad way of handling Mm -hmm. things not going your way. Nothing about this scene works for me. Um, I'm really upset that this is how it comes out. Dargo essentially is like tricks them into telling him but then at the same time, at the end, he really wants to dig the knife in even more. I, even after branding Jothy and telling Chiana that he never wants to see her again. And then he's like, I didn't even smell anything. I just smelled the the chambers. And it was like, yeah. it was like, okay, dude, but clearly you've already knew. Because you're not yeah, going to come in and be like, what's that smell? I mean, he suspected something. I mean, the other thing is he did walk in on them having a hush conversation basically about whether or not he knew about them. Yeah. And then trying to lie about it when he walked in and turned the conversation to to the dead Antiron, who's on no longer on the floor, I think, but the blood is still around. But yeah, this is like Dargo of, you know, early first season when he went to hyper rage against John, and you know that anger and that rage of him 
I don't know if it's his Luxon nature or his personality or a combination of both, but Luxons are known for their hyper rage. And you really see that expressed here with his attack on Jothi. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, it feels so like this is why Chiana felt like she couldn't talk to you. Even though this certainly turned out much worse than if she probably had talked to him, because as we saw in the locket, they did talk and it ended and they didn't end up attacking each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't remember the scene at all. <laughs> Honestly, I think I blocked it from my memory. Oh, yeah, because it's a really upsetting scene. It doesn't really paint Dargo in the best light. Like It doesn't paint any of them in the best light. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like Dargo as a character, he can be a really good guy. He's one of the really strong mm-hmm. characters from this series. And this this episode essentially shows us his you know, shadow self. It shows him the mm-hmm. darkest part of himself, like what he'll do when he's vicious and angry and hurt. Yeah. And I mean, I think that everybody does things that are not okay when they're vicious and angry and hurt. For example, Chiana sleeps with Dargo's son, which Mm -hmm. is like upsetting. But also, I feel like her way of lashing out hurts him, but it doesn't physically hurt him. I feel like the weird thing for me is like watching the branding scene, which I'm like, again, not like, I don't know why that like just really squicks me and makes me uncomfortable and unhappy. Dargo was putting a brand, which is Hot Flames, on his son's stomach, his son who he just got back from slavery. Mm-hmm. And it's just who he's trying to have a good relationship with. And it's just wrong on so many levels. I'm not saying anyone here is in the right because they're not. <laughs> none of them are. And none of them are painted in a good light here. But yeah, it's Dargo I think I'm most disappointed in. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like there's just like a lot to pick apart here because Dargo isn't taking this the best way. Dargo isn't behaving in a way that's like humane Mm -mm. and also it's again with the prioritizing himself you know Mm -hmm. where like he's mad at jothy he's mad at chiana but he's mad at jothy because jothy slept with his manon and chiana's immediate response is like i am not your manon and i feel like that's the fundamental issue that's going on with their conversation is like he's like all right cool we're sleeping together and i've decided we should get married so we're gonna get married and john's like uh what if she says no and he's like no she's not gonna say no because i decided we're gonna get married and like and like that's the same thing going on here where he's like she's mine and chiana's like i am not yours and he's like right and he's like yeah not now because now you stepped out on me and she's like no that wasn't my yeah, point it's like <laughs> trying to take possession of her before she even agreed to it and that's part of the whole not listening and why she wanted out because she wasn't being listened to yes yeah so so dargo man Ugh. Yeah. yeah so let's go back to the main plot line because now that dargo's heart is broken that actually ties into the b plot yeah so back at the beginning of the episode our intrepid explorers are getting blasted at the bar and by intrepid explorers i mean john because zan and stark aren't really drinking and aaron is off buying weapons as aaron is wont to do <laughs> i will totally point out though that they do like j- that zan totally is drinking because oh, she yeah? and stark have this whole <gasps> conversation and i just need to get intoxicated yeah and she's like <laughs> and he's like what can i do to make this better because they're there looking for maps to find a planet where zan can heal and she so, has to be planted in the ground. Yeah, she has to be planted in the ground. Because she's a plant. It's and great. It's awesome. <laughs> I love Zane. I forgot about that. Yeah. And so then she tells Stark, she's like, he's like, oh, I just want to make you better. What can I do to make you better? She's like, you can go get me an intoxicant. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Get me drunk. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just kind of, this is the one thing I do love about this episode and any episode like this, where you, you kind of get to see them relaxing and 
kind of on their downtime while Aaron is shopping and they're getting supplies. Mm-hmm. And John is just like babbling to the bartender and he's telling Dargo how great his drink is. And then when Aaron comes back, <laughs> he kind of slouches over to her and picks out her bag and sees what gun she got. And it's just very domestic and quiet. And then, of course, everything gets frelled. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just love these kinds of scenes so much. Yeah, it was really good. And it gets even better because, like, apparently, Crichton is known throughout the galaxy. Cause, like, the, <laughs> He's still, like, the, the, the boogeyman, legend, mysterious stranger that everyone knows about. Because <laughs> they get approached by the security person. Mm-hmm. And she's all like, are you Crichton? I heard you took out a gamut base. I heard you took out a shadow depository. I heard you raped and pillaged. And, like, and popped eyeballs. And popped eyeballs. And, like, apparently that's the point that he gets stuck on. Because, like, up until then, Aaron had, like, completely quelled him and been like, don't you dare say anything. We are just here shopping. And then he's like, I don't know where they get this. I didn't, I barely, I didn't do any raping. There was barely any pillaging. And the Frau Bluken popped the eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about Natira. Yeah. That was pretty great, too. Yeah. So anyway, what happens on the station is they have these shutters going on. And it turns out to be solar storms that are coming from the nearby sun. And there's apparently this legend or curse or something that the security person tells them about that's like, oh, these other two commerce stations, you know, they got hit by fire and something else. And now now the god is displeased with us and is going to to destroy this station mm-hmm. and lo and behold their station gets hit by a massive storm and it's wrecked and there's you know massive damage everywhere that's what traps moya against the station with the cables and the everything is in disarray so our crew being the good people that they are decide to help out yep and so one thing that john asks pilot to do is to try and see if there's any patterns going on with the storm so they can figure out if they're natural or not. And meanwhile, he and Aaron go off to f- find some kids that Chiana saw through the window when she was patching up Moya. Mm-hmm. And while they're walking through these air vents, Aaron decides that that is the most appropriate time to have this conversation. You know, I've been thinking about us. You want to talk about this now? Oh, it's a good time. No one here to bother us. I know the pressures of living close. How it can affect the safety. Oh, they die, a battalion. Unless tensions are relieved. So what do you suggest? Well, in peacekeepers, it was common practice to uh, reduce fluid levels. Fluid levels? Like... Uh... What, like family? Like break fluid? Like sex. We can have sex if you want. Uh, you know what? Uh, now is not a good time. How about I uh, check my diary and get back to you later in the week? It would relieve the tension. for me for both of us you know what I got two hands I can alternate I can reduce all the tension I want I don't need your charity and I don't need your emotions 
but we can have sex if you want. <laughs> Watch that, that's broken. Yeah. But don't change the subject. <laughs> what are you afraid of, John? I love how refreshingly blunt Aaron is. She's like, I'm horny. You're probably horny. Mm -hmm. Let's bang. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to see such a straightforward conversation. And especially in contrast to the whole mess that's happening over on Moya. Yeah. You know what? It's like almost an inverse. You remember in Look at the Princess, we talked about how nice it was to have Darga and Chiana be like the easy couple. Mm hmm. And while John and Aaron were doing their like whole dance around each other yeah. and around their feelings. And I'm like, this is an inverse of that. We're like now the whole like Dargo and Chiana thing has become a train wreck that we can't look away from. And Aaron and John are like the easy couple where it's like this is yeah. a clear yes answer. And the other thing, though, that's interesting is they're still this time they're getting a lot more explicit. Aaron is like, I would like to have sex with you. John is like, I would like to have emotions with you. And Aaron is like, I didn't really want your emotions. <laughs> let's just let's just have sex. And John and I like John kind of being like, you know, he doesn't want the pity sex. He actually wants to have a relationship and he wants to hold out for that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about masturbating instead is kind of fun also. I don't know. It's just this fun little banter back and forth, even though it's kind of crackling between them at the same time. And they're kind of on opposite sides of this discussion, but it's still a very friendly discussion, you know? Mm -hmm. And like the way that it's played is really nice, too, because they're having this while well, she's walking forward and he's right behind her. And there's like this palpable like magnetism between them. Because and they keep bumping into each other because the station keeps shuddering. Mm -hmm. And like he's like right up against her neck, which is like uh, so good. Anyway, yeah. it's like good. It's a good scene. You should go watch it if you haven't watched it in a while. Just skip all the Darga, Chiana, Jothi stuff and just <laughs> go through to the scene. And this one happens fairly early on in the episode. So they are having a little bit of sexual tension. Then Aaron at one point falls from one air shaft into another. And John at that point leaves her alone once he finds out that she's okay she's going to continue on to find the kids through these air vents and the waste tunnels mm -hmm. and he's going to go back and try and figure out what's going on and help out with getting moya free from these cables that are holding her to the station mm -hmm. and we've learned at this point that there's this extremist sect called the kempex and they believe that it is not okay that the space stations have been built in the sacred stillness of their god who's called gesma and mm -hmm. it turns out that the security officer from earlier actually is a Kempek. And we learn that because they're searching for the signal that has been drawing the storms to them. And it turns out it's coming from inside of her. And yeah, how they figure that out is they brought the DRDs over from Moya so that Pilot could do the scans. And one eye, that DRD that John fixed in the very first episode of Farscape, the premiere, at the end mm -hmm. is the one that they've had some trouble. So that was the one that stayed in the bar with them. And that's the one that found her. So it's kind of like this really cute little callback to, to the DRDs and the one that John fixed. Aw, one eye. And I also kind of like that they have a name for it too, you know? Yeah. That it's not just John that's calling it one eye, but the others have also <laughs> noticed that it also only has one eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so they discover it's her, and then she does this, like, magic thing where she's shouting a chant, and she magnetizes herself. And yeah. I want to talk for a second about her character design, though, because sure. I actually really liked it. I know that 
Farscape tends towards if you're on an alien planet, everybody looks like they're in a 1980s bondage club. <laughs> but like, and this is no, this is no different. Definitely she and her like other security officer look like, you know, 1980s doms. But I, I don't know. I just enjoyed her character design, like the shaved head, the kind of tattooing on her face, mm-hmm. you know, the the ridges, the on silver her face. markings. Yeah, the silver yeah. markings. I was like, this is this was a really nice character design because it looks just alien enough that you're like, okay, alien, you know? Yeah, and she has contacts in her eyes that make them a different color. Yeah, no, she, I like the way she looks too. And mm-hmm. I want to talk for a second about the magnetism thing, because yes. I have a pet theory that no one else will care about, but I'm going to tell you because I have a captive audience. Tell it. And, <laughs> and it's that she has this magnetism thing so that she can stick herself to some of the metal inside the space station so she can't be removed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like her chanting is the like the key code that unlocks the the audio key code that unlocks the ability that has that has been implanted in her. And so that's how she does it. So that's all. No, I, I would go with that. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I'm on board. So she sticks herself to the wall, and basically she's broadcasting a signal that's attracting the solar winds or the solar storms to her. They call it a flux. It's probably something to do with magic, because this is Farscape, and most science is magic on this show. <laughs> and so everyone is like, the station will be destroyed if it gets hit again, so we need to get her off. And they just so happen to have these cryo containers that they took from the diagnosion where the interiorans have been, and they are made of the same metal that she sticks to. So, And they just haven't have one available now because the guy just fell out and died. Who knew? So convenient. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so John is going back to the ship, to Moya, to get one of these things. And on the way over there, they've been trying to get hold of Dargo, who is supposed to go over and clear the cables from Moya. Rigel says at that point, oh, I know why he's not responding, or I can guess. And obviously tells John about the whole mess. And that's when John goes and has this actually really quite nice friend conversation with Dargo in the central chamber. Dargo at this point is drinking himself blasted mm-hmm. and drinking himself blind drunk in his agony. And John comes in and says, Hey, I heard and Dargo's like, Well, did you know when I asked you about the tattoos? And he's like, No, Rigel told me afterwards. And Dargo is just he's a mess. He's heartbroken. He doesn't want John to touch him. He doesn't want John to talk to him at all. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he's hurting so much, and John can tell he's hurting so much, and John is actually pretty good with him, all things considered. But at the same time, they have to get these cables taken care of, and John has to go back and take care of the the terrorist, the Kempak. I shouldn't call her a terrorist. Has to go back and take care of the Kempak. Mm-hmm. He says, "So you have to take care of this, and and otherwise we're all gonna die." And Dargo's like, "So we all die." Yeah. <laughs> Dargo. I roll. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Why are you bringing everyone else into your pain? Well, I, I have to admit, this whole scene, like between him and John, it does, it is a little redeeming for me because it shows me like a sliver of the Dargo that I like, which is not the Dargo that was in the previous scene because, again, nothing about that scene was okay. I guess I, I roll, I, I roll at his melodrama. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, come on, Dario. We all die. Yeah. No, it yeah. is. It was super melodramatic. And I am kind of like, ugh. And you know, he's going to like, and I think even John is like, okay, whatever. Fine. I'll just deal with it. Clearly, you've got your own stuff going on. Because John was the one that sat with him in the last Dargo episode, which was the one with the priestess. So John knows how Dargo gets. Yeah, the melodrama is completely in keeping with Dargo's character. Yeah. He is totally a drama queen. Oh my gosh, so much, so much. <laughs> anyway, 
So then, meanwhile, I want to play a clip from Rigel because Rigel is talking to the <laughs> the zealot, and it is like literally like Rigel's Rigel's commentary in this whole episode, except for that first scene, has been so on point. <laughs> see, I see your fear, well, that the holocaust will embrace even you if you repent. <laughs> repent? We have less than an arm. I was a dominar. Take me longer than that to repent. When about to die, you should feel more shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rigel feels no shame. No shame. <laughs> And especially, I love how he's like, it would take more than an hour for me to repent. (laughs) I love you, Rigel. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's so funny. So that's about when John comes back with the container to magnetize or to put her in it because of the magnetism magic thing. And so while he's gone, Pilot has a conversation with Dargo, who's drunk, completely drunk, and decides to go out (laughs) into a vacuum. He's got a rebreather to help him out, but Luxons can survive vacuum, as we learned at the end of season one. And Pilot is now concerned about about Dargo's will to live and whether or not he is going to do himself injury, which, guess what? Totally does. does. Yeah. He is wearing a tether, though. I will give Dargo that. He did. If I think if he really was completely suicidal, he wouldn't have bothered. Yeah, he would have just like jumped. Yeah, so he's wearing a tether. He's got this rebreather. He takes care of all the power cables, but then there's two left. They call them pulse cables, and essentially it's like electric lines. And Mm -hmm. Pilot's like, well, you can't touch those. Just wait for somebody else to come help. And everybody else is like, yeah, just wait for me to come help. (laughs) And then... And actually, it's really hard to listen to some of that because because Chiana is like really worried about him and upset. And I'm going to play that one Mm -hmm. just so you could hear Chiana's voice in it. Be careful. Those last cables are pulse recharges. Can you shut them down? I have no control over them. They are linked to the station's power source. But I can't move them unless they're neutralized. Crichton's on his way. He can help you. No. I can do this alone. Doggo, listen to me. Wait for Crichton. He'll... No, Gianna. You can never tell me what to do. Ever again. Crichton... Talk to Dargo. Talk to him now. Dargo! Dargo, what are you doing out there? What you asked me to. When I neutralize these cables, you'll be able to pull Moya clear. Wait! Wait for me! Goodbye, John. No! Don't do it! What I really like about that is you can still hear how much Chiana still cares about Dargo, despite her sabotaging the relationship. Like, she still deeply cares about him and wants him to be okay and wants him to be alive and doesn't want to see him hurt or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this gives a really good argument to the fact was Chiana never disliked Dargo she just disliked how he was treating her and she just realized that the way he was treating her was the way he was and that she can't change that the only thing she can change is whether or not she's in a relationship with him and I don't know yeah I mean I think this does go very much to the argument that she still likes Dargo she still likes him as a person but she just doesn't like being in a relationship with him yeah exactly and I think I think that's a nice note for her to have, especially since we know that the two of them are going to be on the ship spoilers after Mm -hmm. this whole thing blows up. And so knowing that she still cares about them as they move forward, even after this disaster Mm -hmm. is, 
is something that I, I like a lot. Yeah. And also John being like, okay, he's kind of the mediator here between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because John was the one that after he and Dargo had that conversation, Jothi and Chiana were helping him move the interons, um, like the cryogenic tube out into the space station. And John was the one that was like, you guys just messed with the one man who would have done anything for you. And I'm like, yeah, ah, yeah, he would have. But I think that, I mean, yeah, he would have. He would have done anything for them, but it would have been only things that he thought they needed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, John doesn't have the full, quite have the full picture that Gianna has from the front row. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is different to like watch it, you know, from afar. But the other thing I wanted to point out is you brought up the locket. And I think in the locket, what was different about them actually talking through their relationship is number one, Dargo at that point hadn't settled on, I will make you my wife. Mm -hmm. They were still just kind of in a dating, friends with benefits kind of thing. And then also Dargo was on board. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Dargo was also the one that was kind of bringing up like, we have these fundamental differences in our relationship. Whereas right now, I think he's blind to that. Yeah. You know, he never got to have that eye opener of how different they really are before he was in too deep. Yeah. Everybody's really upset. And now Dargo is floating in space dead or unconscious we are not sure as viewers but it's secret it's just unconscious (laughs) (laughs) so john actually ends up going out there chiana and jothy are both still very worried about him anyway jothy wants to go help john doesn't let him and john goes he fixes the he gets the cables loose first then almost gets blown away himself but then Dargo wakes up and saves him because Mm -hmm. john is not wearing a tether come on dude you're an astronaut safety first yeah Yeah, that was kind of a little bit, what are you thinking? (laughs) But I guess emergency situation and high tensions and yeah. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, they all get it back on board. Dargo's still pissed off at Chiana and Jothi and heartbroken. Mm -hmm. John and the Kempec, the security officer, gets Mm -hmm. out of the cryotube and sticks herself to Moya's wall. And there's this hilarious conversation where, where John's like, okay, you won. I, you know, we're all going to die here, except, you know, that wall is detachable. And so <laughs> he like, tells Pilot to punch it and Pilot does and Pilot cackles. It's great. So that plot line is resolved. The Kempec signal goes off and that gets destroyed. Moya flies free. Everybody's happy mm-hmm. except for Dargo. And John and Aaron uh, meet up again at the station. Aaron did indeed save the children. Mm-hmm. and kind of surprised herself, I think. She has that great line, Frell me dead, when she actually finds them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's also just checking to see that her new weapon works because she's using this new weapon oh, right. that she bought at the space station. And she's like, because she has no way of opening the hatch. Like it's a code-based hatch and then the bartender has just died so he can't tell her the code. So then she's like, <laughs> okay, well, we're going to see if this works. So she uses her brand new like blaster thing blaster cap thing yeah and so to round out our two communicators uh, john and aaron end with this conversation about fluid levels again mm-hmm. <laughs> who knew they would be able to make something so mundane sound really sexy <laughs> been uh, thinking about that thing we talked about about charity and uh maybe maybe you were right We should do nothing. What about body fluids? There'll be a backlog. 
fluid levels. Backlog. Is there some kind of problem? Shut up. Hmm? What did I say? Shut, Shut up! up. <laughs> and the two of them are standing there grinning at each other while they tell tell Rigel to go away. Yeah, because I think it's super clear that their way of flirting is to be like, hmm, want to come to my chambers and check my fluid levels? <laughs> But the thing is, like, they've reversed positions now, right? Because mm-hmm. John is like, so I've been rethinking that whole, you know, I said it was charity, but, you know, I'll take it. And Aaron is like, you know how you said you wanted to wait? Well, maybe I'm okay with waiting now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a great little fun scene. And I don't know, I, I kind of, I was wondering, I think they go off to maybe make out, but don't have sex because they're keeping that tension when they're, do we have sex when they're ready? kind of thing is my read on it mm-hmm. i don't know what's your what's your take i think yeah i think it could be read either way i think it's kind of i think because they're both grinning and they're both kind of treating it flirty i think it is kind of one of those things of like okay well now the door is open though because now aaron is saying maybe we should wait until i also have feelings for you or until i can admit my feelings for you and John is kind of like, no, sex. <laughs> what was I thinking earlier? Sex. <laughs> yeah. So open to interpretation. I mean, as we said before, season one, the characters or the actors rather, mm-hmm. um, you know, played as if they were sleeping together the whole time. And then with the human reaction, the U.S. audience didn't see the morning after scene. So it's this big open question of were, were they, weren't they having sex? So I think the same could kind of be said here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that if John like really was like, hey, fluid levels, I do want to have sex with you. I don't think Aaron would say no, because she clearly also wants to have sex with him. Yeah. She just isn't sure how feelings fit into that yet. Yeah. Which is one of the joys of the season. Yeah. Because they work through a lot of that, which is so much fun to watch. But to close out the other relationship going on in this episode. Sorry, you heard my deep sigh. That's my whole feeling about this episode. <laughs> Um, this is hard. It's hard. But so we finally get we get a conversation between Jothy and Gianna, which Dargo is watching. And I am kind of like, are there just like, is it is it super easy just to spy on other members of the crew? Because I'm like, that is really weird and uncomfortable because this is the second time somebody's been spying on somebody else. And this is literally the only time that mm-hmm. they've ever done this in this in like three seasons so far. So I'm kind of like, yeah. I don't know. And I was wondering if this is if Dargo is watching it after the fact mm-hmm. or if he's watching it in real time, because that's not super clear either with the way they shot it. Yeah. Because you see the cameras on Chiana and Jothi while they're talking, and then you see Dargo listening on the recording or on this view screen, and maybe it is live. So I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they take them all down after this because they don't want Rigel watching porn anymore. Yeah. Super gross, Rigel. Yeah. Anyway, here's the conversation that Shiana and Jothi has that Dargo witnesses. You're really gonna... You gonna leave without saying anything? Yeah. Dargo's right. I know nothing of Luxon honor or integrity. I'm a half-Luxon. I betrayed him. And if I stay, I'll probably do it again. Wasn't all your fault. Yeah, I never figured that bit. Why do you do it? I don't know. Dargo had plans for for me. 
for a stupid farm. I didn't want any of them. I knew he wouldn't take no for an answer, so I just... I figured I had to do something you'd never forgive. You used me. Yeah, a little. <laughs> but you enjoyed it. Didn't you? Tiana basically summarizes what we've been talking about here. She thought it was the only way she could get it through to Dargo was to break up with him in the most hurtful way possible mm-hmm. by cheating. And, you know, I kind of feel for Jothy here a little bit because he's like, I'm a half Luxon. That's why I don't have any honor or anything like that. And I'm like, no, honey, no, you're just young and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with you being Luxon or half Luxon. And the the racial construct is, I think, damaging here for, for poor Jothi. On the other hand, it does motivate him to, or this whole situation does motivate him to try and find his better self, I guess. Yeah, to go do better things with his life. Yeah. Yeah, the racial construct is a little uncomfortable. That's a good way of putting it. I was also reading it as he's a half Luxon, meaning like he hasn't actually been exposed to Luxon culture at all. Because if yeah. we'll remember, he didn't even know what a Qualta blade was when he first saw one. And so I think that that's kind of like the other hand of it is that his dad is very tattooed because that's part of Luxon culture. And Jothi is not. Like, I think that mm-hmm. brand that his dad gives him is the first tattoo that he has. So there is like a cultural thing. I think it is kind of it, it is awkward that it is very much painted kind of as like the tragic mulatto thing. The, yeah. Like the stereotype of like. I'm like, okay, that's a little bit uncomfortable. I I really liked this scene because I feel like there were Mm -hmm. definitely ways that it could have gone. And I think earlier writing in this episode, notably the whole Rigel calling Chiana a slut thing, made me think that made me really uncomfortable going into it because I was like, is it going to be one of those things where she's like, yeah, I slept with you because I didn't want to be in a relationship with your dad anymore. And then he's like, you slut, you, you ruined my relationship with my father with for you between me and my father but instead it was they were both kind of being like hey we're Mm -hmm. both equally culpable in this situation which i was like oh thank goodness what a relief (laughs) you know yeah i like that you you mentioned the lux and culture part of that because yeah i think that's kind of where i was trying to get at with my comment but it wasn't fully fleshed in my head because he hasn't been exposed to it you know he was taken as a child to be a Mm -hmm. slave and he's been cut off from it and i think that's maybe that's part of what I think is missing from Dargo's compassion for, for Jothi. He has all these expectations for Jothi for being his son and stuff. It's not that he forgets his son was a slave, but he kind of forgets that his son was a slave and wasn't exposed to all these things mm-hmm. and didn't grow up in the culture and didn't grow up with people who loved him and all these other influences that would change his behavior. Because what is loyalty to a slave? It's staying alive. I mean, yeah, I think that the fact that Jothi was enslaved for so long really is lost in this whole thing. And in how angry Dargo is over this whole thing, because it's kind of like being angry that a starving person is 
grabbing at the first food that they see. Like here, Jothy mm-hmm. is really grabbing at the first affection that he sees because yeah, his dad is showing him affection in a very Dargo way. But again, like being like, ha you're wearing scented body wash. Isn't like a way that's going to like really be like, Hey, I care about you. I'm really glad that you're here. You know? Yeah. Whereas I think from Chiana, he was just getting like that no strings attached affection. Mm-hmm. And especially since, you know, they had kind of this kinship with being on the receiving end of Dargo's behavior. Yeah. You know, they kind of had that to bond over, too, on top of it all. Yeah. So that ends the love triangle. And now it is just fallout. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where Dargo and Chiana go from here. And Jothi has now left Moya. So he's not with us for the remainder of the season. Yep. So what would you give this episode? Um. Okay. I think that... It was a very well-written episode. It was very nicely plotted. I think it was a good episode. I hated it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I think that that's just because that, like, one scene is, like, burned in my memory, and I find it very traumatic. Mm -hmm. I I would give this episode 3.5, maybe even a 4. It was really well done. And I think that... Yeah. I think that I maybe even would lean towards the higher, like, the 4, just because... The way Chiana works in this episode just works for me really well. Yeah. The character stuff in this episode is really good. And I think I'm kind of with you on it. Like, there's the the quality of the episode and then there's how much I liked it. I'd probably go in the three range, Mm -hmm. but that's probably the... But yeah, three, four range is is probably about right. Because I forgot how how good the the character stuff is. I know I'm repeating myself, but that's really what stood out for me on rewatch. And then there's like all this little stuff that I just liked about it, like all the background things mm-hmm. from the bar and the planet or not the planet, but the the B plot line. So, yep. Yeah. On wardrobe watch, everyone seems to be in pretty much what they've been wearing. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been any major changes. Shanna's back in her kind of uh chevron outfit oh i guess we didn't talk about zan and stark very much yeah i was gonna say the only royal wardrobe changes so zan earlier is wearing a scarf around her head which is not unusual but then stark essentially is like i want to see i want to see i want to see which is like a really great stark moment and she pulls it mm-hmm. off and she's like sporing from the top of her head but it's all yeah. quickie well, it's and- so- yeah it soars and it's kind of gross and it's heartbreaking because you know it means she's sick and there is one stark line that i wanted to to mention before we leave it we'll get into zan and stark much more in the next episodes zan tells him you know don't be sad aren't you supposed to be an expert in dying and and stark says i'm not an expert in you dying and it just about broke my heart (laughs) i know they're really good in this episode they're like a really good couple in this episode Mm -hmm. because like she's trying to be the typical zan of like oh no no don't think of me don't think of me and stark is like the one that's really pushing to kind of yeah pushing her to reveal her own weakness you know Mm -hmm. so next week we have self-inflicted wounds part one coulda woulda shoulda Mm -hmm. and we will be back then yeah. I'm trying to remember all the details of this and I remember some, but that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I look forward to it in a way that means that I almost don't look forward to it. <laughs> if you like the podcast, please give us a review on iTunes. That's how other people find us. We're also available at Farscape Friday Podcast at Gmail, Tumblr, and Dreamwith. We are Farscape Friday on Twitter. You can hit us up in any of those places and we will try and get back to you as soon as possible. Um, Otherwise, have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye.